Greetings, I'm Keith Klein, the host of the VentureFizz podcast, where I interview the most fascinating people in the tech scene. This is episode 298, and today's guest is Larry Kim, founder and CEO of Customers AI. Becoming an influencer for a particular topic is very challenging. It's hard to build up a following at scale. It requires a lot of work in terms of building up an effective content, social media, and speaker strategy to build up that level of engagement. As a serial entrepreneur, not only was I interested in learning about Larry's journey around building companies, but I was also interested in learning how he went on to become one of the top names and faces in the world of digital marketing. Larry is an influencer and a highly recognized expert in the digital marketing circles. He has over 725,000 followers on Twitter and is ranked the eighth most popular author on Medium. He's pretty much everywhere from Inc. Magazine, CNBC, Business Insider, plus lots of other niche publications in the digital marketing industry. And he is also involved in lots of speaking engagements at top conferences like Dreamforce, Inbound, and others. During our interview, he discusses this topic and shares lots of advice on how others can become an influencer too. His latest company, Customers AI, is an AI-powered sales outreach automation platform. The company recently announced a $4.99 million Series A round of funding. In this episode of our podcast, we cover lots of great topics like the early days of Larry's career and how he ended up making the change into digital marketing, the full life cycle story of WordStream from the initial idea to scaling to an exit, plus the story of the AdWords performance grader product that was a massive and early PLG success story, advice for founders on bringing in a CEO from the outside and its benefits, what led Larry down the path of starting customers AI and all the details on the company, AI and its impact on digital marketing, the meaning behind Larry's statement, be a unicorn and a sea of donkeys, and so much more. Okay, quick side note. If you are listening to this podcast, then it is highly likely that you are interested in the founder journey and lessons learned around building companies. So please make sure you don't miss any future episodes by subscribing to the VentureFizz podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Oh, and don't forget to leave us a review. It really helps us out. All right, without further ado, here's my interview with Larry. Larry, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Keith. I'm excited to talk to you because I think this podcast interview is a long time coming. Um, you know, I, I think I met you at, at WordStream, so uh, you know we've we've known each other for for a long time now. Uh, so I'm excited to tell the story. But before we get into your background, I wanted to talk to you about uh, you know kind of the importance. Like companies have brands, but it's important for people to build their own personal brand now. And um, I think a lot of people try to figure that out. Like, how do I become like an influencer, become a subject matter expert on a particular domain or, or a topic? Now, you have done an extraordinary job at, at just that. Um, so what advice would you give to people on, you know, how to become that voice of authority and, and influencer on a topic? Uh, sure. You know, the, the first idea would be just to, uh, to niche down. Uh, so, you know, there's so many of these influencers out there um and it's there's really no purpose of being like just another you know <laughs> generic guru uh you're, you're you're gonna have to pick something very very specific and and, and really you know laser focus on on that topic uh and the second idea that i have is just to wait uh meaning like as you are choosing that laser specific topic to to to, to um focus on um 
I think you'll find that you'll have more interesting things to say and you'll get more traction if you embark on this journey, um, you know, more like mid-career as opposed to the first thing that you do uh, so that you have more interesting insights and experience to share with your with your audience. And um, in fact, uh, if I think of my own career, uh, you know, at, at WordStream, like, you know, we I did a lot of blogging and a lot of, you know, content marketing, but you know, I was, you know, in my mid thirties and, um, uh, it was, you know, it wasn't until maybe, uh, four or five years after the founding of WordStream that I really started focusing on that, uh, because the, the company was in a good enough place where, um, you know, the, the major challenge at that point was, uh, just, just growing lead generation top of the funnel, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, uh, at that point I, I started, you know, doing more, uh, you know, influencer type, you know, thought leadership stuff. Um, but uh, I think that had I just jumped into it right away, um, you know, there would have been no insights to share and it would have probably <laughs> fallen, fallen flat. I, I, that's great advice because uh, I think people do think that oh, I just need to become an expert in something, but we're going to learn from your journey. It wasn't just magically happened. There was a lot of building that domain expertise that allowed you to become that subject matter expert. All right, let's talk about your career. So after you graduated from the University of Waterloo with an electrical engineering degree, how'd you get your career started? You know, I it was in the middle of the dot-com dot boom and um, you know, I had a hot ticket, this you know, electrical engineering degree, and there was you know, companies desperate to hire talent. And I, I started out uh, you know, with a a software company here in um, the Boston area. Uh, it was a company that later became Macromedia or or Adobe. Adobe was that a Lair? It was Lair. Yes, yes. It was oh, a, cool! It was a, I didn't know you a, worked at a Lair. I was a, a product manager there for one of their Java server products, and um, you know, smart people learned a lot. Sim uh, Simonoff, Jeremy Lair, of course. Yep, uh, and. Uh, Basically, uh, uh, that was kind of where it started. And then from there, it was just a bunch of software engineering or product management positions um, at various places. And uh, eventually, um, because I'm a Canadian citizen, eventually I got kind of a more permanent uh, visa situation uh, figured out, which then allowed me to, to uh, create my own uh, business around uh, 2007, 2008. So how did you make the transition into marketing though, uh, before well, you started your company? Yeah, it, it was just an emerging field, uh, like all this search and social marketing was kind of starting around that time. And, um, you know, just, uh, was originally asked by uh, an employer to assist in that, in that area, just, just as a kind of volunteer effort. And, um, you know, that was very exciting and. You know, I was hooked, you know, it's like, can you, can you imagine like, you know, getting your first rankings on, on, uh, on Google or getting your first posts to, um, you know, go viral or, um, uh, it was, it was, um, you know, more of a alchemy, like at the time, like now there's, everyone knows how to do it, but, uh, uh, you know, at, at the time it was, it's kind of a mystery. And so, um, initially um i was very captivated with that and later i started an agency to to, to do that kind of kind of work um 
you know, for, as a, as a service, um, you know, with, as a contract. And it was mainly like search engine marketing and SEO type of service, right? That's right. Um, there was, uh, tons of demand for this type of specialized experience. And, um, I just, you know, I, you know, the goal from day one was to start some kind of a business. Uh, and that's why a lot of people go into electrical engineering, um, or, or other engineering fields. Um, I just didn't know what to build, uh, in the interim, um, because it was, it was an opportunity. I, I just did search engine marketing consulting work. Uh, and, and that was, um, you know, it paid the bills. Like you could have like five, six clients paying like, you know, five to 10 K a month. And you, you see what I'm saying? Like if you're like 25 or something like that, that's, that's a good amount of money. Um, so, uh, so I did that. Uh, and then, you know, in order to make my life more, um, you know, efficient, I, I just wrote software to automate some of the stupid repetitive tasks, um, involved with, with, uh, paid and organic search marketing. Uh, and then, uh, at some point, uh, the idea was just like, couldn't, couldn't the software become the business, uh, like that, that I was hoping to, to create all this time. Um, and, and, um, and, and so then I started, you know, treating the business like a real business instead of just using the money to, you know, buy cars or houses and stuff like this. Um, you know, I just started to actually invest the money back into the company, uh, hiring like engineers, uh, marketers, salespeople, um, that kind of stuff. And then, um, uh, eventually growing to a point where I was able to raise a $4 million uh, series, a, uh, a, a local, uh, VC here, uh, signal, signal partners, uh, Paul Flanagan, uh, uh, in, in 2008 for $4 million. That was, that was a but I think it's important to note, like you had tried to raise capital before, but they, you know, they passed because they didn't feel like your your business was there yet, or like because the, initially that that wasn't successful as far as raising capital. Sure, sure. So about a year before I successfully raised capital, I kind of, I mean, it's it's comical. Like I would email the info at <laughs> venturecompany.com venture, venture and send them a right. pitch deck and, and then um, I really didn't know what I was doing. Actually, nobody knows what they're doing, but, but you know, but they, it was, it was really informative, like, cause you know, I got a dozen or so meetings and, you know, they all said no, but they, um, you know, they're so helpful and they would give me, uh, you know, specific, uh, you know, feedback and guidance around like why uh why this wasn't an investable business at the time um you know like you're just one person like you, you know you, you don't have a, enough customers uh, like stuff that in hindsight is pretty obvious but you you, you have to understand i was uh, you know just starting out at the time um the good news is that uh you know i had revenue coming in right so I remember i had all these consulting clients and it's like bootstrapped man i'm like a you know 20 year old so i don't need to like you know enrich myself that much like um you know so there there's there's revenue coming in so it was kind of like a roadmap of of a checklist of, of to-do items to to um you know get more customers to take you know get the product further along so that, it, that we have product revenue rather than just consulting revenue uh, to build a a stronger uh, team of, of contributors um, et cetera. And, and, um, you know, I just, I just did that. And, and, um, but a year later I reached out to all those folks who, who said no and said, thank you so much for, uh, you know, meeting with me a year ago. Um, uh, uh, 
uh, made a lot of good progress according to the feedback that, you, that you've, you've provided and um, and here's where we're at and, and about about half of them uh, you know said sure I'll, I'll meet with you again and and two of them uh, you know uh, came through with a, a, a series a term sheet so so that was that was awesome I think two things uh, might have helped uh, one if 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 a VC gives you like a list of reasons why they they're not into you, um, and if you you listen to that and do that one, I think it it tells you that it tells them that um, you're someone who who can you know uh, you know operationalize feedback. Um, and, and number two, uh, the idea that I was just, you know, bootstrapping a couple hundred thousand dollars of, of my own money, uh, you know, in, in, into the, um, into the company or, or, or it's not my own money. It's like the, the company's money, but, but really reinvesting that as opposed to just dividending it out, um, you know, kind of, uh, I think that would send a, a signal that you're, you're very committed to, to, to the venture. And of course, these ventures take, you know, a good amount of time to see to um, fruition. So um, I, I'm sure that that also helped. And what, what did the software actually do at that point in time? Uh, it was keyword research tools. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, so much about Google at the time was, uh, you know, just if, if you wanted to run ad campaigns that were spectacular, you would upload not just 10 keywords, but like, um, you know, tens of thousands of keywords and group and organize them into to, um, you know buckets of related uh, uh, intent um, that's all automated now with the Google software but it, it, it wasn't like 15 years ago um, and then for for organic search the um, the ranking algorithm was less sophisticated than it was today uh, but it, you know a large part of winning was just thinking about the words that people were searching for and making sure that they actually appear somewhere in the content of the page. And so, so, so there was, um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, interest in, you know, making your ads run better or to, you know, capture more organic search traffic. And, and this was just a really simple way to, to, um, you know, automate that, that, um, that process. And the other thing that you were building that was pretty unique in that, Time frame was, uh, you know, focus on building a business around an SMBs, so that those you know companies do that today. But back in you know two thousand seven, two thousand eight, that wasn't as common. Sure, um, the search marketing category was uh, it was a bona fide you know venture category. There was tons of investment happening, uh, you know, like nine figure types of series deals. Um, and uh, what I noticed was that you know a lot of those companies were funded in like 2006 and 2007 uh and they were all enterprise focused um there there you know there wasn't as much um you know venture activity and, and commercial activity in the mid-market and um i just uh thought that um it, it, you know because it has a different go-to-market motion it has a you know completely different uh product um requirements uh, I thought that would be a little more defensible than just going going out market like the other companies that had done so at, at the time. And one of the key pieces of kind of uh, your own lead gen was your AdWords performance grader. So what was that, and and how did that idea come to fruition? 
yeah, so that's the 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 the, the hen that laid the golden egg, if you will. Um, so um, if you think about your, I mean, really, what this is is it's product led growth, uh, right? But absolutely, totally, uh, totally PLG. <laughs> uh, like product led growth, like it's you know it's very popular today. Um, it didn't exist like as a concept, uh, you know, back in 2011, 2012. Um, the the greater uh, is a fantastic example of product-led growth, which is the theory that, you know, you need more leads, the product can do it. You want to increase your conversion rate, the product can do it. You want to qualify the, the the customers better, the product can do it. And so like the, the greater, uh, it, you know, it's still there. You can go to Wordstream's website and and, and give that a try. It's, it's a fantastic example of, of uh, product-led growth because, uh, you know, A, it generates a ton of leads, like, you know, in the heyday, uh, you know, there were tens of thousands of, of people running this thing, uh, you know, every month for free. Uh, wow. uh, and number, you know, number two, it, um, uh, so it qualifies the users. So like, usually you have like an inside sales team or some kind of a sales team to follow up on your leads. Well, if, the, if they've logged into their AdWords account and they've given us you know, permission to analyze what's there, we can kind of, um, you know, determine how much you're spending on ads, for example. So for example, uh, at the time we were looking for people spending, I think it was like, you know, $3,000 a month on AdWords or something, something like that. And, and now, now, you know, like, you know, exactly, you know, are they a good fit or not? You know, so that, that, that has to do with like sales efficiency and, and all this stuff. Um, and, and another important thing is that it um, it kind of it, get, it gets to your aha moment faster. So it, it pulls your prospective customer through the funnel faster by uh, you know uh, you know instantaneously, like within fifteen seconds, uh, a clear understanding of what the purpose of the product is uh, and uh, what would be the potential benefits if if you were to use it. Um, uh, you know, therefore kind of creating a sense of urgency, um, you know, on the part of, of the, of the user of that free tool to, to take action and, and to, 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 you know, try out the product. Um, in terms of the genesis of this product, um, it was just the observation that, um, you know, the sales conversion rates were, were slow. So we needed to increase the sales velocity. Uh, we needed to, um, you, you know, it was just based on an observation that when we did sales engagements, um, we, we seemed to do better if we did some kind of custom analysis on, you know, what their, their situation was in terms of, uh, you know, where they were doing well and where they were failing. Uh, like, like, so, so that was the big, uh, you know, aha moment. And then we just productized that analysis to, uh, you know, instead of doing it manually, we just kind of whipped it up in, uh, it actually only took two engineers and myself, uh, nine days to create nine days. And, uh, yeah. And, and it, 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 uh, it fundamentally changed the, um, kind of the dynamics of the company from, uh, you know, like a low single digit millions kind of company to, uh, you know, mid, uh, to, to, it allowed the company to scale to, you know, tens of millions of dollars in revenue, uh, by, you know, 
PLG basically. Yeah. Well, you talk about the golden egg. I, I saw that somewhere there was a 40% conversion rate from that AdWords performance grader. Yeah. We've, we're pushing all the buttons. We're, yeah. we're, we're, you know, getting, you know, creating some, some anxiety, uh, qualifying the user, um, generating a, a, a ton of top of funnel leads. It's, it's, it's just, um, uh, it's quite a force multiplier. Well, you did go on to raise a B round from Egan Managed Partners in 2010, six million. So, at what point did you decide it was time to bring in, you know, someone from the outside as CEO of the company? Well, that happened early on. Um, the you, know, you gotta understand, I was like my early you know, mid twenties at, at the time, and uh, you know, the the, the venture company uh, wanted to, specifically wanted to pair. Uh, you know, like a technologist like myself with, with a seasons operator. And so that, that, that happened from, from the start. And, and, and that was great because, um, you know, you don't even know what you don't, you don't know when you're starting. That, that was my first venture. Uh, and, um, so, so that, that happened at, at the series A. Um, okay. uh, and then, uh, uh, originally there was a lot of focus around like product because, um, just, uh, it turns out people, <laughs> People do want to buy keyword tools, but you know that it was just not uh, the, re- the the revenue quality uh, wasn't there. It was uh, you know very very high churn, um, double digit monthly churn, uh, and and uh, and and not a, a very high ASP, like like you know like a hundred dollars maybe, or if, if if you're lucky. So we we did have to you know move the, the product up market to to um, you know solve higher value use cases around uh, pay-per-click advertising and management and, and, um, and reporting. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, at some point we, we felt that that was, um, you know, pretty good and that, you know, sort of the bottleneck for you know, doubling the company or tripling the company was we just needed more leads. Uh, and so at, at that point, call it, you know, 2013, 2014, I really started doubling down on content production and, um, you know, just thought leadership stuff because, um, that was the key to link building. It was the key to building a social following. It was key to, you know, it's all these synergistic, um, kind of marketing channels. Uh, the fuel for all that was, was, you know, uh, the, the content engine. So, 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 uh, we did that for a couple of years and, uh, you know, grew the business and eventually it was acquired by, Gannett in, or that's USA Today in 2018 for, uh, you know, about $150 million. So that's, that was awesome. We, we raised about, about 18 million, um, in, in investor capital. So like you think about like, you know, you know, uh, capital raised to, um, you know, enterprise value or capital raised to, um, uh, but uh, annual recurring revenue ARR. Uh, it was a very strong metrics. Um, you know the investors. Uh, you know every, everybody made money. The, the employees, the investors. You know even, even myself. Uh, and so it was a great outcome. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Actually. I mean, for the investors, for the employees, for the founder, like, it's just, that's, that's, those are great numbers, great multipliers. It worked. Um, it worked. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so you move into this role as more of that, you know, CTO, branding, influencer, uh, you know, Ralph Foles is the CEO, who's a great operator. So what advice would you have for, you know, other more technical minded, minded more of the CTO types that are the co-founder or, sole founder of partnering up with an 
you know, operational minded CEO? Um, I think it, it will dramatically increase your, your chances of success. Uh, like, especially if you're, I mean, it, I mean, are we talking a first time founder or, or a second time repeat founder here? I don't think it matters. I mean, I think sometimes that, I mean, I, especially, I, well, let me rephrase that. I think first time founders. Yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's more to, well, there's sometimes you can have these products that are just so awesome that they just kind of sell themselves and, and, um, and, you know, who cares about like the operations of the business? I actually think like Facebook is, is, is one of those companies where, you know, a popular product kind of, you know, uh, kind of hides a lot of operational inefficiencies, uh, you know, in, in, in the business. Um, Twitter was, is, is another example of that, like just crashing your car into a, a gold mine kind of thing. Um, but for most products, like especially these, like, you know, business, you know, SaaS products, like you, it's, it's a very much a, you know, a, a combination of a, of a good, good, product with uh, good execution and, and operationalizing that that vision uh, and that business. And if you don't have a uh, strong um, operating uh, executive as, as, as I did with, with Ralph, I think you're at a significant disadvantage uh, in terms of being able to successfully, you know, get to the desired outcome, which is like, you know, creating enterprise value for your employees, shareholders, and, and, and value for your customers. Um, so, you know, I think I, I learned a lot about how to um, uh, set operational objectives across a company and how to operate against them by uh, pairing up with, with uh, people like Ruffles, uh, you know, over the last uh, almost a decade there. Uh, and, and, um, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm doing this new business on my own, but like all the uh, all the management tactics and strategies were are, are learned um, from from uh, you know my, my former collaborator. So, well, uh, and I was going to ask you. So, all right. So, let's talk about your current company, Customers.ai. So, what led you down the path of starting another company, and how is it different this time versus you know your first company? Um. <laughs> I, I think you know these if you're an entrepreneur it's like you're you gotta do something like uh, but that's not enough reason to to, to to start a business um you know uh, i felt convicted that there were more opportunities uh in the uh, sales and marketing tech space um uh, uh initially uh i thought you know perhaps it could, it could be something around uh kind of you know chat and messaging automation and there were we were close like we were like the idea of automatically sending out messages and, and stuff like this was, was was resonating with with um the customers and we quickly grew that business to you know like within months to a million in ARR. um you know th there's some challenges in in building um uh tech around platforms so like if you're like in this case i was building around the facebook platform uh they can just change rules and stuff like this and it's 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 kind of difficult so that we you know recently like i would say like two and a half years ago uh we kind of refocused the business on on sales outreach and uh, uh for 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 mid-market uh companies so this is like we, we can you know 
create a a spigot of leads for for your for your business um, uh, by you know analyzing the visitor traffic and and, and resolving those identities to individuals uh, and uh, being able to then uh, funnel that through uh, you know some really clever AI uh, sales outreach tools that can do the copywriting you know it, it, it doesn't just say hey Keith and then insert boilerplate like we can really really customize the content based on um, you know what pages they viewed on your website uh, you know what we know about your US your identity in terms of your interests, demographics and behaviors of, of, of the individual um, uh, and and uh, and then and then we can execute on that the, the, the delivery of those communications those emails uh, in a way that has like extremely high uh, user engagement like um, you know 60 70 percent open rates uh, you know uh, three four five percent conversion rates it's um, I think it, it's just a uh, uh, I think your question was like why are you doing this um, uh, you know just I think there's uh, I'm hooked. It's, it's like the the, uh, you know, the the only constant is is change in the space, and I think uh, you know the the problem is that these ad uh, venues, you know, there's there's still you know should be some component of the marketing channel mixture that you employ, but like driving ROI on pay channels is is is, is difficult in, in 2023. Like the Click prices are like fifty dollars a click, and it's out of control now. Like pay per click yeah. advertising is out of control. So, so I think you can kind of view this new business as kind of the solution to the out of control. Uh, like the, the the proprietary insight as a founder was that like, oh my goodness, like these prices are just getting really really hard. It's it's getting harder to to um for these these businesses to um to to execute profitably and um. Uh, so where WordStream was like a, a tools company, uh, we would provide like reporting and automation tools that would, that would, you know, so, so like our customer would spend, you know, $500,000 on our tools, but then that customer would also then spend, you know, $10,000, $20,000 on ads. Okay. Are you following me here? Um, yeah, totally. it, 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 the insight was like, it would be a more interesting business if, if, if I could control both the tools business. And also the lead gen part of the, the equation, as opposed to just you know outsourcing that to to um, you know like a Facebook or a Google. Um, and so we've you know we think that this new idea where we provide the businesses with these high intent you know awesome high quality leads plus the tooling to to do the automated follow up seems to be like quite an interesting uh, combination and. Um, you know, I think it's the type of uh, solution that is very strategic that could could um, uh, command a more strategic multiple, like like you know, on, on exit or, or on going public or, or you know, whatever the future may hold. So, what would be a good like customer example? Um, so, we do very well in in B two C. B two C is. Uh, uh, you know, their go-to, go-to-market for the last, you know, 15 years has been like Facebook and Google ads, um, you know, all this marketing automation and stuff like this. It's, it's more to do with, I think, B2B 
be uh, like like HubSpot is disproportionately B two B and all this stuff. Um, so uh, you know, if if someone's spending money on ads, uh, you know, we can that funnel is 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 is, is kind of fraught with um, uh, attrition, uh, right? So you're 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 basically um, you know, paying you know ten, twenty, fifty dollars a click, and hoping to convert. Maybe if you're lucky, you know, two or three or four uh, percent. So that win state is at the bottom of that ad funnel. Like after all that attrition, you're paying you know a thousand dollars a lead. That win state is actually our starting state, uh, where it's like we'll just give you the leads of the people who visited your website, or give you the leads who are you know in market for certain certain. Um, products or services, or give you the leads that, that of people who meet certain um, you know demographics, interests, or or or, or um, uh, behaviors. Like it's it's their their bottom of funnel is sort of our our top of funnel. Like you know you you start with this uh, <laughs> the leads that you were hoping to get, uh, and 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 run them through this kind of outreach automation, and and typically you know the the, the costs here are like. You know, it's like the cost of a postage stamp. So like we're like the lead, lead prices is it's it's pennies, uh, not like like for the, the 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 actual lead, not just the click that that you're hoping to to convert to a lead. Uh, and um, and and that's that's very very transformative. Like that's uh, you know it's kind of like what it was felt like to do either Facebook advertising back in like you know 2009 or Google advertising back in you know. 2002, back you know, when 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 the, the prices were like as, uh, orders of magnitude less than than what they are today, uh, and, and uh, so those those types of businesses, um, you know, like companies like Agile Offroad, um, like there's a case study on my on my. Um, uh, website there, uh, customers on AI. Uh, the it, it's rare for like a, a a channel to to produce like you know like a, a hundred times better than uh, you know other existing channels. Uh, and and um, you know, like normally if, if if it's a serious business that, that's investing money in in, in ads um, or or um, or like an e-commerce business that where there's like they have an existing funnel. They just need more to pour into it. Uh, like like those those situations uh, do, do do quite quite well. So you recently announced your Series A. So it's four point nine nine million. But one of the interesting uh, pieces of your you know so, so the investors that uh, participate in the round, one of which is uh, Kevin O'Connor, so founder of of DoubleClick, is on your board. Yes. So. Uh, we're excited to partner with uh, Kevin O'Connor, the CEO founder of, of DoubleClick, which was a transformative uh, sales tech ad tech company uh, from you know re- recent history, which um, basically invented remarketing. Uh, so those ads that follow you around, like if you look closely at the status bar, it'll say like ads.doubleclick.net and, and stuff like this. And that was uh, that was an incredible invention that kind of made display ads valuable, right? Because uh, other than that, it was it was pretty dismal, uh, abysmal. Um, so, and then, and then just the way that they would 
sell that through this network. It, it was it was quite transformative, and um, that was acquired by Google, I think, in uh, 2018 or for 3.2 billion, I think. Um, so um, we're very excited to partner with such a you know luminary in the space. Uh, with you know, my my feeling is like if you're trying to build one of these sales tech marketing unicorns, you you should try to partner with the people who've actually done that before. Um, and and um, uh, it, it's, it's been very helpful um, it, it's, uh, just to, um, to have them uh, along for the journey and, and, and in a very, very supportive um, role. So we're, we're excited. What's, uh, what's next as far as growth plans, you know, hiring, you know, the go-to-market, the whole kit and caboodle? Um, so we've hired a lot this year. Um, uh, I think we've added about, uh, uh, from like 30 employees to now, uh, I think we're about 40 mid year and we'll probably end the year around like, you know, low fifties for, for, for people, but it's largely investment is, is mostly in the, in the GTM motions. So like, uh, inside sales, uh, so, you know, are rec- uh, recruiting for that <laughs> inside sales team. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, so a limited number of, of marketing spots. Um, but other than that, um, that, that's, that's sort of the focus. We, we think we have a, 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 you know, an interesting product and are trying to, uh, you know, scale that you know, at, at the moment. So what's the, like, I have to ask this question to every interview now, like, because AI is disrupting every industry. So, so when you think about AI, you talked about how it's incorporated into your product, but when you think about AI and how that can transform you know, the world of online marketing, like, what are your thoughts there? Um, it dramatically increases the uh, utility of data from, uh, from sales and marketing. Like we have a lot of information about uh, individuals, um, it's always been hard to uh, synthesize that volumes of data and to act on it in a in a way that you know drives like sales and marketing. Like, like typically, what you do is you you gather data for the purposes of like say running ads or something like that, or or segmenting your list. Okay, like you know instead of sending the same email to everyone, you use the data to break it into three different buckets and, and send different things to, to different people. Um, the, um, uh, the, the AI, the generative AI is, is just mind blowing, uh, you know, that you can, uh, you know, just, you know, just as an example, like, like we can say, Hey, AI, here's kind of the default sales outreach letter. Okay. Uh, and now, now the, the visitor visited these three web pages. Can you make customizations that doesn't fundamentally alter the meaning of our sales outreach letter, but you know takes into consideration like the user's journey, uh, and 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 the cost of, of that customization, you know, would have been like prohibitively expensive, like to do this manually, right? And and now to do that, you know, using these generative AI models is is um it's mind blowing. Like it's less it's less than a penny, right? So we're talking about like you know, delightful sales outreach emails that are a, a uh, you know, just they'll crack you up and will 
you know, will be a delight to are a delight to receive as we we, can, we know that they are because we see the 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 open rates are, are and engagement rates are at levels like never seen before. Okay, like even the most engaged like inbound newsletters and stuff like this like they can't even touch like the the, the types of engagement rates that we're seeing here. Um, you know, uh, another area of mass customization at scale would be in taking elements of the consumer record. Uh, so like, Keith, I know everything about you. Like I have your consumer file. Like I, I know what you're interested in and I know your family demographics and, and there's about 180 other data points, uh, in terms of interests and, and, um, and, and, um, uh, you know, different characteristics about you and uh what we can do is it, it was that was limited to just ad targeting in the past like now you can just see just like how i was like using recent browsing history as, as a way to customize outreach like i can take consumer files uh and and also weave that into the the um the outreach that we send uh so now it's it, it, it feels like it's these emails, it, it takes into consideration both your, you know, recent uh, browsing history, so that's like intent data, uh, as well as your consumer record, that's your, your identity. Um, and then um, you, you end up with these uh, spectacular uh, uh, pitches, uh, you know, like the, the, the challenge right now is that there's just so much noise out there that you, you really need to be clever to to um, break through that noise, and this is this is the most clever thing I've ever seen, like like in in, in the space. So, yeah, it's fascinating what's going on out there. So, one of the statements I've seen out there that uh, that you made you made, which I I just find uh, funny and 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 highly interesting. It's so be a unicorn in a sea of donkeys. So most people, when they think in our industry about unicorns, they think about companies with a billion plus valuation, but that's not what it means to you. So so what does that statement mean to you? Yeah, so for the record, I was talking about unicorns before the the venture <laughs> community decided to name their did you trademark it? <laughs> their, their, their billion dollar unicorns. Uh, so, so I, I claim, uh, you know, you know, uh, dibs on that. Um, but, 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 uh, you know, for me personally, like it's just been a metaphor that I use in my kind of marketing. It, it's it's um, a metaphor for for an outlier. So the you know top. You know, two or three percent of campaigns seem to like of of any campaign, like an ad campaign, an email campaign, a social campaign, like a blog post. Like the the typically there's a one or two or three percent of things that do tremendously well, and like you know, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine percent of the stuff that you do goes nowhere, and it's 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 really frustrating because we execute on all these campaigns as sales and marketers, and most of it goes nowhere, uh, and and um, and and, and and the tip is just to be mindful of the like the engagement levels of the of the campaigns that you're producing and executing on um, uh, because those statistics aren't random. It's like that's the universe telling you your campaign was boring. Like if if you get like a five percent open rate or a two percent click through rate on an ad or something like it, it just means like you know, your idea wasn't as clever as you thought it was. Okay. 
But then once in a while, you can get these things with like, I don't know, 10% conversion rates or, you know, 60% open rates. Like there's different averages for different channels, but like you can get these outliers in terms of like spectacular, uh, exceeding the averages of, of what you would expect. Um, and that doesn't happen fast in either. Like that's the, you know, you're never saying like, wow, there really is something here. Uh, that really is exciting. Uh, and so, you know, mistake that people make is that they, they say, hey, that was great. Let's do the next campaign. Like it's a uh, July campaign coming up or something, you know, you know, like what you should do is you should really try to analyze and understand like why that one did so well and just really double, triple, quadruple down on that one idea. That, that's what we did with our, our AdWords grader. It was like, you know, we noticed that the sales calls where we do a little bit of like Excel spreadsheet analysis seem to do this significantly better than the ones where we're kind of flying in blind. Okay. So like, how do you double down on that? Well, you, you start kind of productizing that same analysis, uh, and, and, um, and, and making that available, like at the front of the journey for everyone, as opposed to just like, you know, uh, an add on at, at, at the beginning, at, at the beginning of a sales cycle, like, uh, like by the time they, they request, requested a demo or something like that. Um, you know, like, and then, you know, we, we just went through so many iterations of that. Like we made it look at more from a one-time report to an automated monthly report. So like, instead of the user receiving just one report, <laughs> we would 30 days later, cause we still have their, their credentials, like their the OAuth token, uh, we, we could, um, you know, run it again and say like, Hey Keith, like <laughs> since your last 30 days, like here's how the performance has changed. So like, so like, that's how you, you know, send out tens of thousands of report cards every month instead of just thousands, um, because it's, it becomes you know, geometric. Um, so you just be a unicorn to see a docies. It's just a metaphor for, um, you know, <laughs> being mindful of the, uh, the, the, you know, this, this notion that there's this, it's just very noisy and the only way to survive is to, to find, find, you know, one or more outliers and then really milk that for all it's worth. What do you like to do for fun outside of work? Uh, you know, like good gardening. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like, have a, like a fruit tree orchard and, uh, you know, I have help. It's not, it's not just me trying to do it by myself, but it's, uh, otherwise it would surely die, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's, it's something I do. Well, Larry, thanks so much for taking the time to walk us through all the great companies you've built and obviously all the great advice along the way. Thanks, Keith. Well, that's our show. I hope you found it useful and entertaining. If you did, please make sure you subscribe so you'll get future episodes. Also, please consider leaving us a five-star review and share this podcast with all of your friends and colleagues in the industry. It all really helps us out. Last but not least, don't forget to visit VentureFizz.com, the most trusted source for tech and startup jobs, news, and insights. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.